Welcome to Podcast or New Show episode number 37. This is the podcast where we look at some recent podcasting news-related items that weren't quite enough on their own for us to cover them over at podcasternews.com. My name is Sean Thorpe, and I am with... I am Jen Thorpe. And what is the first item on our list today, Jen? The first item is an article on a website called Film School Rejects, and the article is titled, On the Emerging Trend of Adapting Podcasts into TV Shows and Movies. It's written by Paola Mardo. And she's got some interesting things in here. It's kind of a long blog, but it's a good one. She starts off by mentioning that um, Deadline, uh, as reported on Deadline ABC Television Network, they picked up Startup, a podcast called Startup, as a put pilot starring and directed by Scrubs actor Zach Braff. Okay, which means that if it's a put pilot, it means they are going to do a show. It's going to be a show. How long it lasts, who knows? But a put pilot means it's a guarantee that it's going to become a series. And... um, you know, so that's turning a podcast into a show, okay? Right. And uh, what it's going to be about is um, Braff's character is is a guy in his mid-30s with a wife and two kids who makes the decision to quit his good job and dive into the brave new world of starting a business. So that's startup, okay? It's kind of following the concept of what the podcast was about. But right. she's got some things here that um, how this can affect podcasting. You know, okay. that kind of stuff. Now, sure. one of the things, um, adapting podcasts to TV shows and movies will increase interest in podcasts, she yes, says. Yes, makes sense. And, I mean, that makes sense. You know, if you watch a show and you like the show or you like the actor in the show or whatever and you go, oh, I'll give this a try, and it says, you know, startup based on the podcast or something like that, you're yeah. going to go, well, I think I want to hear the podcast, you know? Sure. So, I mean, that that could, you know, that could work. She says in here that um, we've seen this happen with comic books. And books, you know? Sure, yeah. And as a person who used to work in a bookstore, there could be a book that's been kind of ignored for a long time, but the instant that movie comes out, everybody wants it. Yeah. You know, they're all looking for it. So um, I think she's got a point there that that could happen, that it could increase interest in podcasting and specifically the podcasts that are being turned into shows or movies. The other thing I wanted to touch on, I won't go through her entire article, but... um, she notes that podcasters could lose creative control over their adaptation yes. of their original property. And that's something to consider if you do have like a really hot, popular, amazing podcast and someone comes to you and says, hey, I want to make it into a movie or I want to make a TV show out of that. It could change what's going on. And we see this all the time going back to books where there'll be a movie about a book and the book is actually nothing like the movie. Yeah. And one of those was... um what was the name of that? There was a movie not that long, well, several years ago during like the recession or shortly thereafter that starred George Clooney and he was a guy that fired people. Yeah, you're that... thinking of uh, Up in the Air right. was the name of the book and the film. And right. there, were, there were definitely some things that were changed. Now, we saw the movie, but uh, right. I never read the book. We have and... a friend that read the book yeah. <laughs> and he noted and, it. Yeah, And he said that there were some some interesting changes uh, between the book and the movie, and apparently some people have tried to still kind of work some of that stuff into the film. Like, they're like, well, if you look at this, this is a reference to this, and this is a reference to that, and maybe this stuff that is kind of explicitly left out is really still in there. It's just kind of subtle. Uh, but if you didn't pick it up when you watched the movie and yeah, you only noted it after you've read the yeah, book, then it not, didn't come across yeah. to the general and, audience. You and know? I think that's... I think that's interesting because a lot of podcasts 
are generally done by small groups. Uh, and one of the uh, podcasts that, that gets mentioned in this article is the Lore Podcast, which has also been uh, picked up for a TV. And Lore is, started out as just being done uh, by one guy. And I understand now that he's had some success. He's hired a research assistant, but he's still doing all of the primary production of the show. Well, you can do that as a podcast, but you can't really do that as a TV show. So once you start to get all these other people in there, there's going to be potential changes made to it that maybe you wouldn't do or, you know, other ideas, I guess, that you might have to put up with. And that is something that I don't think a lot of podcasters really encounter because most podcasts are not really made by committee. Right. So So that's a big difference. And the other thing to think about comparing this with books, um, most of the books that become movies are fiction or science fiction or something that is intended to be fictional in the first place. You know, yeah. once in a while you'll have like somebody write a really amazing biography about like a president or something and that'll become a movie. But um, generally it's, you know, at least that's historical too. So you at least have something going on and, um, you know, that kind of thing. But podcasting in many ways for many people really kind of centers around the people that are doing the podcast. Right. You know, you've got a lot of podcasts that are mostly about one topic and that may stray into the person's personal life very often. Yeah. I suspect this may be the case with uh, Startup. You know? Right. Um, so what we've got here is Startup was about, you know, a guy that essentially did what, what the show was described as, quit yeah. his job and you know, started up, you know, a business endeavor and all of that. A podcasting company. Podcasting company, yeah. and oh, Right, Gimlet Media. And so if, if he's going to be played by Zach Braff now, you know... <laughs> Well, things are going to be and, a little different, and, and the show might exaggerate things yeah. or add things well, that weren't in the real thing. Like it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of going to take what his experience was that he shared in his podcast and potentially alter it in ways that are designed to just attract viewers, but don't have anything to do with what really happened. You know? Yeah, and I think potentially. Yeah, I can't see that they're going to be able to make a, a TV show based on, let's just say, the, the first season of Startup, which is about the beginning of Gimlet Media. I mean, that is a compelling story on its own, but I don't think there's enough in there to just take that and try to make a TV show sort of cut for cut based on how the podcasts were created. They're going to have to embellish things and, and make things different. Possibly add and characters be, or do yeah. offshoots of other stories. And right. it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be like a, a translation of the podcast directly into a show the same way, I would suspect. you know. And this is what happens with so many other things, too. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things where it'll be curious to see if they choose to go with the tagline based on a true story or inspired by a true story. Because I always feel like... When you see the second one, you know they're already telling you that, yeah, we're taking some liberties with the source material or right. mm-hmm. whatever the original story is. So, Right. What's uh, what's next on the list, Okay, Jen? so the next one 
is kind of fun. Um, oh, yeah. Not that the first one wasn't. It was interesting, too. But this one is on a blog called Bellow Collective or a website called Bellow Collective. Yeah. It's written by Matt Williamson. And the title is 11 Best Podcaster Twitter Handles and the Stories Behind Them. Okay. Yep. So basically, he just, you know, found people that do a podcast and said, hey, that's kind of an interesting, you know, Twitter handle. Tell me the story behind it. And he put it all together in here. And there's 11 of them. And I don't think we should go over all of it to, you know, because otherwise you won't read his article. Right. So I'm just going to pick a couple. Mm-hmm. So one of them is at Brokey McPoverty, mm-hmm. and that is from Tracy Clayton, who's a co-host of Another Round, which we actually mentioned just a minute ago in the other article. Um, and you know, here's no, here's didn't. how didn't we didn't no it, it did gets, I read it? It gets mentioned in uh it, get, it there's there's a reference to Another Round in one of the articles oh, we're going to okay. cover later. So it's in my head so, anyway. Yeah, See, you're, you're just a little ahead of the I'm game. I'm a little That's ahead of the right. game. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. So in any case, Brokey McPoverty on Twitter. That's Tracy Clayton from Another Round. And her story is, she says she was a 20-something living in Philly and a friend of hers wanted to go to get food or drinks or something, but she couldn't because she didn't have the money. She says, he called me yeah. Brokey McPoverty and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. From then on, whenever I needed an internet name, Brokey McPoverty was it. Which is kind of neat, you know? Sure. <laughs> Brokey McPoverty. It reminds me of like, um, wasn't there a boat that was named with a similar fashion? Well, Bodie McBoatface. Right, yeah. but it, it was different, you know? It, that's not where she got it from. You would think maybe... Maybe, you know, kind of like that. But no, it's kind mm-hmm. of an original thing in there. Um, there's a few others in here. There's uh, Lauren Ober, host of The Big Listen. Mm-hmm. Hers is at Ober and Out. Nice. Because of her last name. And yeah, um, her description of how she got this was, uh, Ober and Out was something my old friend Rich Phillips used to say to me when we would part ways. I never thought of all the pun possibilities of my last name until Rich started saying that to me. Uh, she says, clearly I am a dummy. And so she started a blog and called it Ober and Out. Her social media followed. Her brother has a social media handle. It is at Oberkill. He's in an extreme metal band. Okay. <laughs> so it kind of works. Good. And she says she's thinking about nabbing handles like Oberwhelmed, Obercommitted, mm. and Overall, just in case she sure. wants one of those. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. Um, were there any in here that grabbed your attention other than those well, two? Well, you grabbed the Brokey McPoverty one. That one, that one grabbed got my attention right away. Oh, okay. I think that the one thing. I mean, these are these are all funny or interesting, and it's worth reading. And they just have to stories. See the backstory you know? behind them. But I was uh, disappointed, I guess, in a way that I don't follow any of these people, nor am I familiar with their work or their podcasts, and. I don't know what that says about me or them, but uh, anyway, you can um, you can find the rest. Take a look at the article to see the rest. So, what's on the n- well? Next before time? we move on, oh. I mean, since we're both podcasters and we're both on Twitter, should yeah. we share how we got our podcast name? Sorry, uh, how we got our Twitter name? Wow, well, this is me like not saying things <laughs> right tonight. That's what this is. Okay. Uh, sure. Well, my Twitter handle is at Sean O, uh, S-H-A-W-N-O. My first name is Sean. And I got on a Twitter in, uh, spring of 2007. And I had a, um, username that I'd used in a lot of places that was Sean O'Gordo. And that's a... That's a combination of my first name and the name of a pet bird I used to have. And 
I uh, anywhere I could get a short. I I always try to get the shortest name that I can, whenever possible. And I went to Twitter and I got there early enough that they would let me have Ad Shawno. Of course, some uh, smart person had gotten Ad Sean. I always try to get that first, and I've only managed to get it on a couple of sites, and they're usually not ones that are popular. But I I was able to to nab Ad Shawno and. I've considered over the years changing it to something that's a little more representative of my whole name, but it's kind of nice to have a six-letter Twitter handle. Yeah. You just don't. It's yeah. just not easy to get unless you do something that's really bizarre, so I don't want to change it. But I guess that's pretty much the story. It's really not that exciting. What about you? Mine started, it was given to me by a friend of mine. Say, say what yours is first. Mine is at Queen of Haiku. Okay. And I do write a lot of haiku. And I had been writing haiku for a while before this name appeared. And um, you and I were doing a a podcast with a group of people um, that we'd met through Napod Pomo, essentially, way back when. It was actually before that. Was it before Napod Pomo? Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay, well, anyway, it was this group of people. And the person running the podcast was giving all of the people, introducing all of the people that were on the show with like a title, like a military title or you it, know, it was kind of yeah, stuff. it was a round table yeah, it was a round style table. show and there were a lot of people on it. Right. So instead of just saying, Hey, this is this person, this is that person, he was giving out like, you know, Admiral, whoever or whatever. And when he got to me, he decided that I was the queen of haiku. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. So I used it for my Twitter handle because I thought, perfect, you know, queen of haiku. That's fun. That's what I write. Mm-hmm. And I intended to use Twitter to write haiku. And I actually started using Twitter where I was only writing in haiku. And it kind of got hard to fit in retweets and stuff like that. So I stopped yeah. doing that type of thing. I do still write haiku on my Twitter. Um, and I don't know. I mean, sometimes like I will use that queen of haiku and stuff like you were saying, you try to get that name. Right. You know? yeah. And the only time I had anything kind of um, confusing happen with it was I was playing a game, and the game no longer exists. It's one of these um, little games you play online. It was by a company called Playdom that doesn't exist anymore. And so I used the name Queen of Haiku. And apparently there's a place called Haiku in Hawaii, mm. or so they tell me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And somebody asked me if I lived there. Yeah. And so it took me a while to figure out, wait, what do you mean? Um, that's the only time it's been taken that way, as though I'd lived there. I didn't even know about that, but... That's how I got at Queen of Haiku, and sometimes I consider changing it anyway because it's been a lot of years. And but I have no idea what I change it to. Yeah, I don't know. I I usually if usually these days if I can't get just my first name, I go with Sean MX because I have a, a website at Sean MX, and it just ties in nicely to that. And I kind of feel like uh, Sean O is old and, and I don't know. I don't want to use it anymore, <laughs> but I'm not going to change it on Twitter. So Yeah, I, I don't know. If I choose to change mine on Twitter, I think, you know, I like the idea of having a shorter name on Twitter maybe, sure. you know. Um, I don't know. But anyway, that's, that's our stories. Yeah. Maybe not quite as exciting as uh, Brokey McPoverty. But right, you know. But hey, it's all everybody's name on Twitter came from something. This is true. Mm-hmm. And podcasters seem to be a little more creative. Yeah. So what's next on our list here, Okay, Jen? so after that, we have this article called Millennial Moms Love Listening to Podcasts, which I okay. thought was just a sweet little sense. title. Sure. And it's on a blog called Baby Center, which okay. is a blog that um, I've 
read before because of some of the things I write have to do with parenting and all of that. Mm. And it does give you like parenting tips and um, ways to, you know, figure out names and for your kid and all this other stuff, you know, in there. And this is on their blog and it's written by Denise Cortez. And when I first came across this, I thought it was going to be like statistics, you know, saying, oh, look, this many millennial moms are listening to podcasts, but that's not what this is at all. Instead, it's an article talking about why podcasts are really good for younger moms, you know, and uh, she was saying that, um, you know, she uh, when she was, you know, a a mom, the first time she was a mom, you know, she was reading like the mommy blogs and the message boards and things like that to try to kind of connect with other moms, you know, Um, but now she looks for podcasts that are like, you know, mommy podcasts essentially that are for you know women that are moms made by women that are moms and i thought that was interesting and she was saying that you know they're really good because you can listen to podcasts and do something else which we've talked about before like people going jogging or whatever and listening to a podcast but you know uh, moms can like listen to a podcast while they're breastfeeding or while their kids napping or you know whatever these kinds of things and it's just kind of a little short thing like that and then she goes into a particular podcast she happened to like which is called uh super mamas okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know it's, it's i'm sure it's a great podcast i haven't listened to it yet but um she highlighted that one in particular yeah so the thing that i find interesting about this this is definitely not a podcasting blog Right. You know, it's it, they don't have a podcast. They don't focus on podcasting at all. It's not their thing. But here they are writing about one and saying that in general, hey, this is a good thing. You know, if you um, if you like the mommy blogs and the message boards and stuff, you should move on to some of the mommy podcasts that provide some of the same content and maybe a sense. You know, podcasts provide a sense of community. You're listening to someone talk to something, talk about something to you. Essentially, you, the listener, as you know, that you're interested in, and you can, it's easy to, you know, leave a comment or contact them on Twitter or whatever and like kind of become part of the show and part of the community. So, yeah. And I think with moms, a lot of, I've read a lot about moms that have a brand new baby and it's their first baby. And shortly after, they kind of get the hang of, okay, I'm a mom, you know, that kind of thing, that initial mm-hmm. change in your life. Um, they kind of find themselves feeling kind of lonely uh-huh. because they're at home. They might have been at work all the time before that and around people. And now for a while, at least during their pregnancy leave, if they get one, um, they're at home with the baby by themselves and it can feel kind of lonely. And then they also have a lot of questions about what am I doing right? What, what should I do differently? What does this mean? You know, And I think that's a really interesting aspect of what podcasting can be. Yeah. So that's why I put it in. Well, one of the things that I thought of when I saw the headline on this is I thought about how when I was very young and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and, you know, I'd be running around the house and while she was doing stuff, she'd have the TV on kind of in the background. I mean, she wasn't really watching it, but the TV was on in the background and, and you know, she'd go, okay, I'm going to put my stories on, you know, because it was usually soap operas and she would be able to get enough from listening to them to follow the story as much as she cared to. And this just kind of reminded me of that, except it's just a kind of a modern version of it. Mm-hmm. And in this case, as opposed to my mom, you know, sort of getting the the secondhand audio of, of, a, of a soap opera, uh, the, these moms now are able to, you know, connect to communities and information that's 
actually helpful. I mean, I'm sure my mom enjoyed those shows up to a point, but it's not nearly the same as, as what they have access to now, which, which I think is, is pretty cool. And I think it's necessary too, because I'm seeing a lot of kind of like, I don't know how to phrase this exactly, but a parent will do something and they'll talk about it on social media or they'll take a picture with their kid or of their kid or whatever. And somebody's going to come out of the woodwork and parent shame them. You're doing it wrong. This is bad. You should do it the other way. Um, And it may even get volatile in some cases. So I think it's possible that, you know, some moms and dads are going to have that experience. And in this case, you know, this is for moms. I suppose dads could probably, you know, get a lot of information from it as well. But, you know, if somebody told you, you know, something that you did like, oh, you know, I don't I think of anything really, you know, anything at all um, that you're, you feel picked on because of your parenting choice from some stranger online, you could listen to the podcast and maybe they'll have a similar story or you could share it with that podcast and still feel like part of a group, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a, it's a way of kind of seeing another side of things other than maybe the ugliness you're getting from people on social media about your parenting choices. Yeah. You know? And I think that's different too from when, you know, we were kids. Oh, Our sure. parents didn't have to deal with that. No. In fact, I remember my mom uh, saying uh, this, you know, it'd be a, a little bit, uh, when I was a few years older, you know, I started going to kindergarten because I was the I was the the youngest of all the kids in my family. So once I was going off to school, there was time for my mom to not have a kid in the house. And she talked about how, you know, her and some of the other moms would have a, a coffee clutch and that all the other she said all the other moms would do is just talk about they would talk, they, they would, they would, um, you know, just talk badly about whichever mom wasn't there. Oh, no. So my mom stopped going. She said, I, I didn't like that. So she stopped going. So, yeah. you know, th- there, there wasn't even, even a, you know, even trying to kind of relate this scenario, you know, with what my mom experienced, where obviously she didn't have podcasts, she didn't have the internet, she didn't right. have any this way to connect way with anyone that. else yeah. who was a mom and in a positive way, but even as close as she could have got by going to these coffee clutches, she still didn't like that because everybody there was just kind of gossipy and mean right. when, you know, uh, one of them wasn't there. So it, it's, it's just seems so much better now. And I don't know if we have any moms that listen to us, but uh, if, if you're out there, moms, thanks for listening. Yes. So what's uh, the next item on the list? Okay, so the next one is called History Podcast Made by Women. Okay. And it's by Kaylin Cross on Bellow Collective. I think I've got two from Bellow Collective this time around. Yep, okay, that was by accident, but that's not and necessarily a bad thing. No, and uh, before we go on, mm-hmm. uh, I just want to acknowledge this cool uh, triptych they have at the top with uh, three women who are wearing headsets and talking into microphones and it's Eleanor Roosevelt, Sally Ride, and Michelle Obama. Right. <laughs> just saw, yeah. Wow, that's a cool set of photos. And someone put it together because all the photos are from Wikimedia. Y- yeah. They're, comments. So, right. um, yeah, it's really neat. And they're all facing the same direction. Yeah. You know, which is kind of cool. So they're and all doing that. You know. Sally Ride may actually be in space. Um. Well, I think she is. Uh, because she's got all this buttons and gears and and and, and stuff she's wearing um you know her, and she's got a the a, NASA yeah she's got outfit. a flight suit on. So she may very well be in space. So she that just might makes be. It even cooler. Yeah, it's just kind of neat, you know. So um, this person who wrote it, uh, Kaylin Cross, 
was saying that, you know, like many professions, history is male dominated, you know, STEM is male dominated, mm -hmm. um, all these other things are. And, um, you know, podcasting, they say, is, is male dominated as well, although I think it's starting to change, you know, it's starting to equal out, we're starting to get more voices than just the white men that kind of started you right. know, doing this um, or that we all heard about doing this first, you know? Well, as, so, as someone who was there pretty close to the beginning, I can confirm that, especially in the very early days of podcasting, yes, it was pretty much all white dudes. Yeah, and I remember, like, I did a couple of shows with you and I didn't want to yeah. and I was afraid of the microphone and you were getting comments after that because there was a woman on the show. Well, yeah, no, it was I unique did, at the time, I, you know? I, I, I podcasted... <laughs> starting in January of 2005 for a few weeks. And, you know, I did two or three shows a week back then. And then I kind of pulled you in as a lark. It was on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get feedback from anybody. I couldn't get a, any, any kind. And then finally I had you on and suddenly I started getting mail. And it was a lot of things like, oh, you need to have her on. She's so much better than you. Oh, Which, you know, is, that's just true, not but. right. You know, it's <laughs> just not right. But, you know, back then it was a unique thing. And yeah. now there's lots of women that do sure. podcasting. I don't think it's, you know, definitely equated. You know, like no. it's still kind of a, it's, it's still shifting. It's still very skewed in one direction yeah. for sure. Yeah. So um, it appears that perhaps the uh, acknowledgement that podcasting is kind of, you know, male dominated and history in general is male dominated that, you know, hey, here's some great podcasts about history done by women, mm -hmm. hosted by women, created by women, you know, the whole thing. Um, and, you know, it kind of uh, says, he, he says in here, you know, um, it gives you a way to start expanding away from the dominant narrative. Yeah. Because one of the things you see in history, especially if, you know, if you've, you've taken a history class in school, you know, at some point, right? And it's mostly about men. Yeah. And it's mostly about white men. Yeah. And you don't get a lot of the other stories, you know, like, you know, all of these presidents have wives, but you don't hear much about them, you know, True. <laughs> very little, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it's just the way it was written. It was written by men. And that's been you know carried down from one thing to the next. And um, I would hope now that schools are kind of branching out, you know, yeah. have another history in there. Some some places are, but. In any case, so here's some great history podcasts to check out. And I just kind of skimmed through it to see what, you know, what sounds like something I'd want to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. And there's one called Rude Tudors, The mm -hmm. History of Renaissance England, oh, okay. which I thought was kind of neat. It's by Liz Rodriguez and Nicole Keating. And they look at English history and its modern ramifications mm -hmm. in, a, in a very accessible podcast. And, you know, you and I have gone to like, you know, Renaissance fairs and things oh, like sure, that. Yeah. And I've read some books, you know, that were fictionalized accounts of, you know, that time. And um, I thought that might be kind of neat to check out in general, you know? Yeah. And then there's another one here. Um, who's this by? I wonder if this person is doing more than one podcast. It doesn't say who this is by. Which one are you hmm, trying to find? I'm looking at, there's one called Spirits, a Drunken Dive into Myths and Legends. Okay. And I'm not sure who exactly is running that one, <laughs> but hmm. it sounds neat. Um, there's a few in here that I don't know that I'd be interested in because of the topic, but they're all history. You know, it's yeah. kind of neat. And uh, there's another one in here somewhere. Where was it? Presidential by Lillian Cunningham. Uh -huh. That's one I, I want to start listening to. And I think I've downloaded a few episodes, but she looks at like one episode is about one president. Yeah. Okay. And she's going through all of them. 
Um, and it's kind of a behind the scenes sort of thing. And it says on here, each episode has the question, what would a blind date with the president have been like? And goes mm. into kind of their personalities. She's talked about Grant, uh, Roosevelt, Pierce, Fillmore, Buchanan, um, and different things like that. And she's mentioned doing a second season. I guess the first season is almost done. So she's been going through. And the artwork for this is awesome. It's got these little figures. Yeah. And I've seen these figures before. Like a long time ago, they actually made little tiny figures. They weren't action figures. They were little metal figures that were painted. Yeah. And it was about the presidents, you yeah. know. And I, I remember when I was a tiny little kid, I was like a preschooler, and my uncles had these, and I was playing with them, not really understanding who the people right. were or anything, you know. <laughs> um, I could read, but I don't think I knew all the names, you know. Um but I remember playing with these things. So when I see that there, I'm like, oh, I know what that is. That reminds me of when I was really tiny, you know, um, and the artwork behind it is pretty neat. But uh, the one that's shown in this particular article is uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Very popular president. So, uh, or at least uh, very talked about president. So um, I thought that was kind of neat. Was there any in here other than the ones I named that, you know, you thought was kind of cool? Well, there were a couple in here that I just happened to recognize from other things and the first one i'm trying to find it here there's a lot there's quite a few to to check out in there and we're not going to read them all so that you'll go check it out yourself the podcast you must remember this by karina longworth uh this is a history of hollywood and that's podcast title is uh, you must remember this is actually one of the podcasts that was an answer in the recent round of podcast questions on jeopardy oh so interesting that was uh, familiar to me and uh i've heard good things about ben franklin's world by liz covart but I haven't listened to it. I I may check it out at some point. I do listen to a podcast called The Thomas Jefferson Hour, uh, not hosted by women, but... That's um, okay. It's, it's another history podcast. But uh, yeah. this one, I'm sure there's times when those two shows would probably dovetail in some of the things they cover, so... And possibly I mean, presidential as well, you yeah. know, coming into, depending on how you know what angle they take on things. But right. anyway, yeah. And I think presidential... You know, there's a lot of political podcasts, and I've downloaded a bunch of them, but um, presidential isn't like talking about this election or telling you who to vote for, or it's just really just talking about the presidents themselves. Yeah. So it's kind of a fresh take on, on all of that. Yeah. So if you're, that- if, you're, if you're into politics, but you're kind of sick of everything going on, <laughs> maybe try presidential. Well, yeah, and in that case, it is informative, if for no other reason than if there are profiles, if the plan is to profile every president, yep. there are a lot of presidents that we, you know, generally speaking, we don't really know much about because they weren't, you know, important enough to, to deem a, uh, a chapter in our history textbooks in high school or whatever. Right, so. right. And uh, there still could be some interesting stories there. So... Unless you have anything else to add on that, we'll no, I go think, to our last... No, I think we're ready to move on. Okay. Well, our last article here is called Students Explore Podcasting in Classes, Radio Broadcasting. This is written by Connie Mead on a site called The Knox Student, which 
is in reference to uh, a private college in Illinois, Knox. What did we figure? It was Knox College or Knox School or Knox Private, something Um, or other? I think it was, was it a university? I know it's private. Yeah, and it's maybe, a college. Uh, it was it, a oh, college. it's a college. Okay. So it and is a private college. Knox. And so and it is not it's in Illinois. um it's in Illinois and you know it is not a college that is only focusing on podcasting. Oh, no. They have other things too, but the fact that they included it like as a series of courses or or whatever um Well, the the article says here that uh it was in relation to another course uh the uh components of orality. Uh let me just read the first uh, paragraph here. Uh, junior uh, Bridget McCarthy is in a class unlike most, comprised of students from three different schools. Uh, she attends Professor of English Robert Smith's class on orality in Chicago with students from uh, these other schools. And one of the components of this orality class is podcasting. So what kind of struck me about this and I think is really interesting and kind of cool about the time we live in now. I always had an interest in, you know, radio broadcasting, audio production, all those things. And when I was in high school, obviously podcasting didn't really exist. And for that matter, the internet as we know it didn't really exist. I graduated in 1994. That's the year that, is kind of historically looked at as when the internet as we know it now began. Of course, the internet ex- itself goes back a long ways before that. But, right, right. But um, It was what, very, very different, though. What I thought was interesting about this is, you know, even if someone is at a high school or college level and they have an interest in any of this stuff, the great thing about podcasting is you can just start. And if you have to lay out some money to buy some equipment. I mean, most people these days probably own something they can use to just get started, you know, sort of getting the the nuts and bolts of podcast production. You know, if you've got a a smartphone, you can record audio on it and you can edit audio on it too, Mm -hmm. if that's all you had. But in this case, with the college, I suspect they had access to some other equipment. And in fact, one of the articles here uh, the this one of the students talks about her experience about going to do remote interviews and bringing the gear and setting it up and tearing it down and all that. And um, I just think that's uh, an interesting and and cool place we're at because podcasting there is really no gatekeeper. It's not like when you know even if you had or if I had, let's say, I had access to, say, a a recording studio or a a radio station where maybe I could have picked up an internship or something while I was in high school, you know, I still would have had to go to the station, be hired on, have permission to use things, and and hope someone is willing to take the time to teach me. And coordinate it as as an intern with your college. Yeah, and in this case... You know, in this case, you really can just start. I mean, I was somewhat lucky in that I was able to go to a vocational center that was off campus from my high school, and they had a media production class, and I was able to get access to some equipment there and kind of learn some uh, fundamentals, if you will, because 
all of the technical things I learned back then have been are, are so far out of date now. If you could see the the gear that we had access to, you know, it would look like you dug that up from the Stone Age at this point. But it still offered me some kind of initial experience there, which was good. But now that opportunity is so much greater because the technology is more available and you can do so much better production with so much less. And again, you can just get started. You know, in this case, these students are getting exposed to podcasting because it's kind of mandated by the course, but it's not like, okay, they have to now go to their uh, college radio station, ask for studio time, uh, coordinate with a bunch of people. You know, they can just work on it on their own and kind of learn and build the skill and, and take that experience for whatever they want. And, and I think that's kind of cool. And one of the things I wanted to bring up here, uh, this article talks about Bridget McCarthy um, and another uh, person in the class, Fran- Francesca, Francesca Downs, okay? There's six people in this class, two from Knox, two from Beloit, and two from Lake Forest. So we don't know how many men or women, but the article picked two women. Yeah. Which was kind of neat. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was cool. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's worth a read. And if you're, uh, if you're an old like me, you can kind of <laughs> reflect on the fact that this is something that, you know, students can just be exposed to now. And, and for that matter, if you are someone who's a teacher or if you are an adult who's a podcaster and you have kids that are interested in it, you know, don't, don't wait for them to go off to Columbia College and come back with a master's degree in audio production. Just show them what you're doing. Yeah. You and, know? you know, kids get really interested in what their parents are doing especially yeah. little kids, you know, they want to emulate what their, you know, parents are doing or they want to know more about it or they want to try it or they want to do that activity with the parent, you know. So if you if you have a kid that you want, you know, to maybe turn into a podcaster, now's the time, you know, <laughs> don't wait until they're 20, yep. you know. And there's also um, people that do podcasts for kids. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, having a kid do a podcast with a parent, you know, monitoring and all of that might might be something, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, Jen, do you have anything else you'd like to add to this show? I think that's about it. I hope I didn't make any additional mistakes other than the <laughs> ones I tripped over earlier. But, you know, people well, uh, people do. Well, you know, it happens. and it, I mean, it you, happens. And I mean, you could like, this is when, okay, from a podcasting perspective, you go, okay, should we edit that out? Uh, or should we just leave it in? And I tend to just leave it in unless it's well, like really, really wrong, you know? <laughs> We try to do this show live to the drive as much as possible, so I, I doubt anything will be edited out. Right. So. We do try to keep it, you know, a conversation. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. This has been Podcaster News Show, episode 37. You can find us online at podcasternews.com. You can uh, follow me once again on Twitter, at Jen. I'm at Queen of Haiku, and it is a private account. So you'd have to send a follow a follower request or follow request kind of thing. And if I can figure out that you're following me because you listen to this show, then, of course, I'll accept. Okay, thanks again for listening. With any luck, we'll be back with you in a couple weeks. Bye, people. <laughs>